Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, a teacher from Carmel, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, director of bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week we're going to be talking about late fall marching band and preparation for big concert performances coming up in the spring. Before we begin, I want to remind you about the Dynamic Marching Shop. This podcast is coming to you ad-free. One way you can support us is by visiting our website, dynamicmarching.com, and purchasing products through our store at some of the most discounted prices on the web. I know that Marching Man season is almost over, but you may not know that we carry tuxes, and we carry gowns, and we carry shoes, and other things you may need for your concert band season, so check it out. So uh, right now it's the Wednesday of... Uh, the first Wednesday of November, and uh, I know that uh, the Carmel High School bands, we have state contests with ISMA this weekend, and then Grand Nationals is next week. So uh, anybody stressed out? Um, yeah. Actually, no, not at all, um, not in the least. Yeah. We, 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 quote, finished marching band last week uh, with our state contest. I think what's very How did cool- that go? Um, you know, it went very well for, for us. Wando did very well. And, and what's cool is the competition at our state contest just keeps getting better and better and better every single year. Um, it, it, another side effect of that, too, is as people get better, I find they get nicer. Isn't that interesting? That's really cool. <laughs> like, yeah. like as people get better and better, the, the idea of beating somebody starts to fade away and the idea of creating memorable performances and significance performances goes way up. It's very cool to see the kid. The kids have always known that. I think it's cool to see the directors, the parents, the adults and everybody uh, getting on board with that. I have to say, as I've gotten older, that's become clearer. I, I wish I could say I've always held that belief, but as I've gotten older and hopefully a little bit wiser, that's come more into focus for sure. Do you think it's the parents or the students who come around last in that regard? It's it's the parents. Yeah. And I, I don't even say that. I too. Yeah. yeah, I don't say that viciously. I really don't. It's just no, the they exposure. They love their kids. and They, they love their kids. Yeah. And think about they're in a football stadium getting concessions at the football stadium. This is football for them. And in football, you don't have first and second place. You have winner, loser. Right. So it takes a while to get them, I'd go ahead and say it this way, not being disrespectful, but to reprogram them. And it's, it's our job as the directors to do that. I sent out two different letters this year, right before our first contest and right before our last contest about my expectations for the parents. Now, they don't necessarily have to always follow those, but our kids actually will hold their parents accountable. And, oh, you, you want to shame a parent really fast? Have their kid talk to them about sportsmanship. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, <clears throat> you know, I think, you know, this isn't a slam on ISMA, but I do think that the, at BOA shows, parents in general are more apt to, to clap for every group. Um, is, ISMA is still, at, at times, a little bit territorial uh, in yeah. Indiana. Uh, and maybe it's the same in UIL and then, you know, in South Carolina. I don't, I don't know, but. Well, I would tell you, I think one of the biggest things that we did was adding our state concert festival, which is non-competitive. You mm-hmm. simply qualify and everyone comes and plays for each other. And when the students got to see each other on stage and see them as real people, what's very cool is my drum majors were coming back and were saying, Hey, do you remember when we saw, um, Somerville at the state concert festival, I ran into the the saxophone section from there and that was really cool. 
like the more opportunities they get to be around each other in a non-competitive environment, it's really cool. I'll say this. One of the things that South Carolina does do very well, there's a tradition down here where the visiting band, well, uh, the the host band for football games, their leadership will go and visit the the visiting band during fourth quarter. I've heard and about this. Is this is this like band council? Yeah, basically like your whatever your leadership team is, your drum majors, your captains or whatever, will go over and just hang out for the fourth quarter with the visiting band. And they're to see them laughing and they're like, oh my gosh, my band director does the same thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, we're all a bunch of yeah. weirdos. And the sooner we acknowledge that, the quicker we can start to be real people around one another instead of just competitors. I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but we don't go to away games. <laughs> well, we don't always love to, yeah. but uh, it, it is a little bit more of a tradition here in the South to make that go. And um, when we when we do that, it's... It's it's always fun to get to see the kids together. We did a thing this year at our contest too, where we actually had uh, Taylor Watts come and do leadership clinics at our band contest. So bands could send five people for free, or they could buy tickets for more kids to come, and they had a blast getting to be around each other. So when awards finally came around, they were like, I think they approached them really differently after they'd gotten to meet some of the kids from other bands. That's cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, so um, I wanted to talk a little bit, you know, we're going to focus today on late season marching band. We're going to talk a little bit about your preparation for a really big concert band show coming up. Um, but um, so this time of year in marching band, so I kind of made a list of some things that we're doing um, and and things we need to do. And, and number one, I think we need to take care of ourselves as staff members and directors because it's really easy to get into the, you know, stress mode. <laughs> you know, and, and where you're just living on adrenaline or whatever. But um, every day I remind myself I need to go to sleep earlier. Maybe I need to meditate. I need less of various vices and, you know, just fast yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> less so, fast food. Yeah. Or bourbon or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's like, you know, we, we need to take care of ourselves so that we can, you know, take care of our students. Number two, I think that we need to keep competition in perspective this time of year. Us adults, we need to stop worrying about other groups at this point because really it's all about making our students better. I know we've talked in the past about not using the students as a tool, and I know you have strong opinions on that. Oh, very. I One of the things that I was really excited about with our kids, they, they had a – we were on kind of early in the day – for our state championship for prelims. And then at night we were in the earliest block that we could, could be in. But one of the things that was great is as our kids came off the field, both times we actually had to usher them off because they were so excited and hugging each other and enjoying the moment. And I kind of wanted to just leave then, you know, like, like I was like, we, we won. That's it. I, I'm very happy with the results of this and I don't need someone else to tell me, what the quote unquote numbers were. Right. Um, I've seen other bands end. I haven't heard this from another band at one point. They didn't, I don't know if they'd realized who I was or whatever. If that didn't beat Wando, I don't know what will. And I thought, how sad is that, that you've done this amazing performance. And instead of thinking about you and the great thing that you just did, you're, you're thinking about another band. Right. I think the idea of remembering it's one contest on one day, you can really change the the direction of your program 
um, by overreacting to the way competition fits into it. You can tell them all you want, but they will see it in the heat of battle. Yeah. And I don't mean the battle of competition. I mean the battle of uh, the stress and pressure of what that can do to you. So I've seen one director throw a trophy down on the ground and he mm. destroyed the program that day. Yeah, He never could recover from that. Well, I think everybody knows that Avon and Carmel are constantly battling every weekend in that we make each other better. And they're, they're so good. You know, if you ever go to like a retreat at the Indy Regional or at Grand Nats, the Avon band is always sitting if we have an, uh, an encore. And, you know, last weekend, the Avon band won the Indy Regional and the Carmel band was sitting listening. You right. know, and it's not like, a, oh, we have to do this kind of thing. That That's just what's going to happen because we respect each other and uh, it's great programs and you, you got to keep things in perspective. Well, the next one that, that Jeff has done here, and I'm going to I'm going to tee it up and let him take off with it. And it's one that I need to hear just as much as anybody else listening. And it says, remember our families during this time. I do the obligatory, you know, whenever I'm in front of the crowd, I'll say something about, oh, and I want to thank my wife and my kids for letting me be here. And that's all well and good. But I would bet there are some things outside of the rehearsal that we need to do to kind of help remember that as well. So I'm going to let Jeff talk about that even more. Well, I just think as we get busier and busier, you know, we can't, we can't let that affect what happens uh, once we leave our rehearsals. We still need to go home and fix dinner. We still need to go home and help with homework assignments. And, um, you know, we, we don't want our kids to, to think to themselves, well, band is like number one and everything, you know, with my dad or my mom, we, we want them to think it's a part of their lives. And yes, this, this time of year, it tends to take over, but um, you know, anything you can do to, to remind your family that band's a part of my life. It's not my entire life. One of the things that we've found at Wando that helps us out a little bit more is we, we invite our families, especially our kids, to be with us. Um, when we have concerts, you will definitely hear kids playing in the aisles or maybe even backstage, and we couldn't care less. Um my associate director, Lainey Radicke, her daughter is with us every Friday night football game, and she loves being there. So I think wherever you can find those opportunities for the kids to be with you, uh, even if it's just for, you know, like a football game or an away football game or something like that, to let them see where where mommy or daddy is that takes so much time, there's a different appreciation with that. And at the other side of that, too, my kids love daddy-daughter dates. And maybe the daddy-daughter date is an away football game. That still will be meaningful to them. So I think looking for some of those opportunities, too, to you know bring your child to work. I know that sounds a little silly, but many of you are in a, a lone gunman situation. You are the single band director, and if you're not there, nothing can happen. So you know while Jeff and I can talk about having staff members there with us, if you can't do that, I still say bring your child. Uh, you know, you might even have some administrators that will argue about that, but I think you'll find one who had to have their child at work sometimes who will really support that. So look for those ways that your kids can come and be part of that band, especially when you have to be. And our director, Chris sent our, sent out an email today and he said, uh, how many tickets do you need for your family for state contests and grand nats? And so we all send back and that's just another reminder to them that, Hey, you know, we we thought ahead, we got tickets, make sure you guys can sit in good seats and 
um, and that sort of thing. And then another thing I was thinking about today at rehearsal, uh, Joey Weaver, who I work with on the visual side of things, um, he just abruptly is like, I got to go. And I texted him, you know, 10 minutes later and he's like, yeah, I thought I had to pick up my son at six, but it turns out I had to get there like five 30. Um, it's all good. I just had to like, had to go. And I thought, I thought, you know, his priorities in the right are, are in the right place. That was cool. We sat around the office today at lunchtime and we were talking about last night was a really, really rough rehearsal. Um, it just got derailed by the 10%. You know, we talked about the uncool list. We are such a big group this year and, you know, 10% of 330 students is a lot of kids. Right. And that 10% last night, we, we could not get them to improve quickly. And, you know, we talked about how the rehearsal got kind of derailed by that. And Kyle and Chris and I were sitting around and we were like, now is the time to be cheerleaders, not drill sergeants. You know, we, we want these kids back next year. We want them to remember fondly the last two weeks of the season we don't want them to think, man, the last two weeks of the season is the worst thing ever. Right. We want them, you know, going into state and going into Grand Nats, you know, fired up and confident. And going on to our next set here is, and I, could, I think this goes back into what Jeff was just saying about we want these kids back. We The, the last couple of weeks, especially for your seniors, but for everybody, needs to be a, a culmination of all the things that they've done over those years. Uh, it, it, we kind of had a pact with our staff at Wando that no rehearsal in the last two weeks could end negatively. I, I was like, I don't care if somebody sets the field on fire. We, we cannot let these two things happen. You know, what was interesting is I kept thinking back to Mike Pote's um, podcast from a few weeks ago, which if you haven't gone and listened to that yet, Teaching from the Light, you need to stop right now and go listen to it. Because he kept saying that, you know, every kid wants to do their very best. No kid, if you just start assuming that no kid is lazy, you start to find better reasons for why they're not performing up to standards. And one of the hardest things as a band director to understand, but it's an easy thing to say, it's hard to understand. The freshmen will never perform like the seniors. Yeah. I think... if you can't get that, that's like saying a first year director should teach the same as a fourth year band director. I remember the distance between that for me felt like a hundred years. I just knew so much more after four years and even more after eight years. But if you didn't, you know, think back to our first year of teaching. If you couldn't have taken your band to Midwest in the first year, you can't expect your children to be amazing marchers in their first year either. And I bring that up because Jeff's next number on the list is stretch and go. No time for fundies. I think being very efficient in those things, being very efficient in the rehearsal and being very clear with we want to fix this one thing. Sometimes I'll see schedules that say work on closer. What does that mean? I I have no idea what that means. We need to work on 72 to 85A. We want to do we want to do this specific drill or we want to say I, I can live with we want to work on the closer and we're working on moving the metronome from 172 to 180. Like I, I can deal with that, too. I can make that go. But I can't if you are specific with the kids of this is our singular goal for this block or for this rehearsal, you'll find that they'll get much better, much faster. So be very efficient. You, you don't have an hour to work in fundamentals. You don't have an hour to work. If the kids can't play the part yet, the part needs to change. Um, there's no use in beating them up over the 16th note rhythms that they haven't been able to play since June. 
Right. And that kind of brings me to my next point is we, we got to try something different. Yeah. You, you know, we're, we're at the point where it's like, whatever, like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Cause mm -hmm. you know, you just don't know what certain students need to hear or, or, uh, you know, you know, why is this, this particular phrase not working musically? Try something different, you yeah. know, give it, give them a different idea of how to articulate that or how to, how, how to express themselves musically. And I, I think that this is the time of year where you just got to do that. Right. I think I would say it is, it's, it's the difference between my wife and I putting together a puzzle. Like I'll, I'll find a piece that I think fits. And if it doesn't, I'll just keep pounding it until it does. Whereas she, she'll like, okay, let's try it over here. Let's do this. Let's try this piece there. Oh, look at that. That works. I'm not that guy. I'm usually like, let me just pound it into submission. <laughs> uh, well, puzzle pieces can't submit and neither yeah. really can kids. Yeah, um, so, analogy. so, so try and, and kind of enjoy the process. That was the thing that I really forced myself to do this year. And, and as we get on later on about the Midwest process, I've, I've really demanded of myself that I don't take this more seriously than it needs to be. Sure. These are high school students trying to create art. And if you think there's a right way to create art, go and talk to a painter or a sculptor or a dancer and tell them that statement and see their reaction. So that enjoy that process. That the video we did with Michael Gray that's on dynamicmarching.com on GE, he does such a good job of explaining, you know, you know what the what the students role in that is and and what the what the adults role in that is and this time of year honestly i i don't i'm not going to spend the next 10 days working on visual individual i'm no. not going to spend the next days you know listening to every single trumpet player on the field we have to focus on you know you know what's depending on what state you're in or what circuit you're doing and in bands of america general effect has a very big uh um effect on the right. score well, yeah, right yeah you yeah, know? yeah. now texas is different are, but yeah texas is different if you're in texas yeah. listening to us ignore the next 30 seconds yeah. of what we're about to say but jeff calls it right focus on ge or for the texas friends music ensemble yeah. uh, i think depending on your your particular place figure out what those big wins are we had uh, we had the pleasure of having Jarrett Lipman from Claudia Taylor Johnson come and judge our contest and we had a couple of hours that he got to work with the band and uh, he said look let's do the big wins we're going to work on yeah. the first 30 seconds the last 30 seconds and the big hit of the ballad if you get those three things in place you'll gain a lot more than getting trumpet number six to be more in step absolutely because those individual judges they're going to find every error and you know if a, a good judge is going to go well there's an error but that's you know, that's a very highly demanding section and, you know, you have multiple responsibilities and all that, but, but really we we're aiming for the audience, you know, right. we're aiming for, and that's the GE judges should be reacting the way that your average audience member is. Well, I think, you know, Jeff, we're actually, we're, we're doing these really pretty well. If, if we've talked about, you know, no time for fundamentals, uh, try something different there. We talked about focus on GE and music ensemble. The way to do all three of those is repetition. And we're not talking about doing set one to set three 20 times. We're talking about do the, do the closer three times in a row. It would be just the same as doing a full run of the show, but getting it so the kid, because the kids cannot be effective if they don't feel comfortable in the right. performance. Right. You've got to hit sets 10 to 15, five times without a whole lot of comments in between. Mm -hmm. you know, like do it again. 
you know, bigger, bigger, you know, more exciting, you know, find your role, all that good stuff that, 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 that's going to connect with an audience member. I think making sure the whole staff, whether that's you or 20 people is on that page is really important. You'll find young staff members at this time of year will want to try and fix everything. You don't want them to fix everything. You want them to fix the big things, the things that can be fixed. Little Jimmy, who's been out of step the entire season, isn't suddenly going to be hit by the Holy Spirit and figure it out Thursday before Grand Nationals. It's not oh, going to happen. So sure? work on work on everybody around sure? Johnny. <laughs> well, sometimes prayer can okay. certainly help, uh, and miracles can happen. Yeah. How, however, I don't know that I wouldn't be uh, waiting for that one. I think more just letting the kids be comfortable and finding that. Uh, like somebody said that one time, they can't be confident if they're not comfortable. Yeah. That's good um, advice. If, if they haven't re- have they if they haven't repped, and just think about us in our own musical lives. You know, we didn't, if we were trying to work on something from a concerto or something from a piece of music, we didn't need to stop every time and go, now let me think about what I could do different. It's just, I need, my fingers need to go through that one more time or 20 more times. How do you feel about doing a run through this time of year at the end of every single rehearsal? The only time that I do that, we, we actually, we do a run pretty much every rehearsal, but it's off, it's more often at the beginning than the Interesting. end. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I'll tell you, we always re- do it at the end. Well, the reason that I, d- I started doing it at the beginning is because I wanted them to get through, get into the habit of contest warm up. Like we'll say, okay, we're doing a run at the beginning, so it's going to be exactly. For ex- I'll, I'll give you a great example of this. Our state warm up time is is five minutes less than BOA time. You only have forty five minutes, and so we figured out we want fifteen, fifteen, fifteen in our warm up cycle. And so we did that multiple times. We did that three days before our uh, performance. We, uh, excuse me, the three rehearsals leading up to our state performance. So we did that so that we would go right into the show. And then I would bring the kids in and say, okay, what, what didn't go the way that you wanted? And let's figure out why. And that was really useful for us. Doing one at the end, I think if you have a, a particular especially if you're working on only one thing we're trying to work on feet okay so at the end we can get the feet better but what's rough is when the kids get tired they fall back into old default settings so i found that even though we do some really good teaching the run at the end is the worst thing that we do so i i think that if you if you have it as a specific purpose then that's great if it's just the culmination i would for us it was a thing where the more i watched it the more i was like uh, we didn't do any of the things that we worked on. So does that mean we were ineffective or does that mean they're just tired? And I didn't always have a good answer for that. So what's interesting, I, what happened today was the stuff we really worked on, you know, uh, various, uh, we spent a lot of time on in rehearsal today in the run through was amazing. And then the other stuff was really rough. Okay. You know? well, so, but honestly, I would I take educa- educationally, I would say that's actually pretty good. Um, that means that the newest information that was front forefront of their mind, they do have. And now tomorrow it's about putting it all together and letting it kind of ruminate together. I think it, I think it just depends on what your purpose is for that show. If you are, if it is straight up stamina that you're trying to build, then I think the run through at the end is, is great. If it's more of an, like we have a purpose or a specific issue that we want to address, maybe the beginning. I, I think that at the end of this, we're all saying, the run-throughs are important, but the placement of them can be more of a tool for what you ultimately want. The only way to really 
have the stamina you need is to to model what that's like by doing the whole thing. You, can, yes. you can't you can't fake stamina at the end of the you know. I know you you talked about like running a mile and then doing the closer or whatever, but it's still not the same thing as you know your instrument being on your lips for ten minutes straight or eight minutes straight. Right, uh, and and stam again. That's the whole being comfortable to be confident thing. Um, for us, it's about breathing, finding the appropriate times to breathe and when to fuel back up with what they're doing. And that, that goes a little bit back to design. If you're finding that your kids are tired by the closer and you've done everything you could and they're still tired, then that may, that may need a mirror being shown to you that the design of the show is such that it, you can't do it. We sometimes like to think our, our high school students are little drum corps. They're not. Well, the last thing I wanted to talk about is that a lot of bands are traveling this time of year and, and we're going to have, you know, a hundred different groups traveling to Indianapolis for Grand Nationals. And uh, number one, hope everybody travels safely and, you know, doesn't have any problems with their trucks and all that stuff. Uh, but number two, it's just that's an added stress, you know, that to be honest, Carmel and Avon, we don't have to deal with that long distance travel and hotels and, you know, massive amounts of chaperones and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, I, I think we, you know, we're very lucky in that regard. Well, I, I you know, Jeff, I, I think there are a lot of people that are listening that just kind of sneered a little bit because there, there is that whole idea of, Oh, the Indianapolis schools, it's such a dis, it's such an advantage that they have in being there. And I used to, I used to think that as well, but one of the things, especially in traveling with Wando up there, I love that we get to travel as a group. You know, nobody goes home after we go and perform. And so that whole weekend is a really special time for us. And I've had to be intentional about making it that. Um, so while while we do have to travel up there, we, we see it as this kind of major sleepover for the weekend with you and the 250 of your other friends. And we try to build some things in for the kids to do that are just for fun. Um, so... I would wrap a lot of this up with saying, what do you want for your program with this competition? What do you want for them next week, next month, and next year? And you can taint that in one day, allowing judges to torpedo your program or allowing a travel problem to torpedo your program. The kids, their memories are in seconds. They remember flashes of things. And if their memory of you is your utter disappointment at their results or their your furious uh, reaction to somebody being silly and you taking it out on the whole program, uh, you, you have hurt the program way more than any of the other things have. You are the ultimate definer of the program. So making sure that you're looking at the very long game. This is one competition in your year. It, it is one part of a much larger puzzle. And if you make it the biggest deal, it certainly will be for everyone else. And it's kind of that whole, the, the old adage of live by the sword, die by the sword. You know, there are times when the competition goes your way and you can have all the parents on board with you because you've built them to that. But what happens when it doesn't? Do they start looking at your job and your effectiveness? Do they? I think you can create monsters really quickly if you're not careful. So going back through those things and just, you know, taking care of yourself, keeping it in perspective, remembering your family, being a cheerleader, not a drill sergeant, forget about the 90%. Uh, uh, 
uh, I, Michael the 10%. Gray. Well, I sorry. <laughs> yeah. Remember the ninety percent. We're gonna remember the ninety percent. Yeah, we remember the ninety percent. Forget about the ten percent that are there. You know, Michael Gray has this great illusion of you know if if there are a hundred elephants out on the Serengeti and you're trying to move them from one place to the other and two of them fall behind and lag behind, do you stop all the other ninety eight? to deal with those two and let poachers come and take you over? Or do you leave the two behind <laughs> and move on? I, I know that sounds like it's, it's against the grain, but it, it, it is really true because when you only focus on that 10%, you can think the band is bad quickly. It's like uh, one quick example of that. You have, uh, you know, let's say you have a hundred kids in the group and 98 of them are there and you lecture those 98 yes. on the two that are absent that day. <laughs> You know, we can't clean this drill set because these two flutes are gone. Well, you're lecturing the wrong people. Yeah, that makes the 98 go, lucky them. <laughs> yeah, we're here. What do you, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Right, right. So so don't get so focused on the 10% that you start to define the whole group on that 10%. Stretch and go. There's no time for fundamentals right now. You just got to get, get going and make things happen. Try something different this time, really focusing on GE or music ensemble or whatever you feel is most appropriate. Repetition, 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 doing run-throughs for stamina and not letting the travel become more important than the performance. So I know we, we want to talk a little bit about your Midwest preparation, but real quick, um, any of our listeners who are out there who have some students who might be interested in this, I have the opportunity to teach as the marching instructor for the Rose Bowl Bands of America Honor Band, and that's uh, in late December, early January of 2020 and 2021. And um, so, so February 14th. No, not, not this not December. This year, uh, but we're putting together a really big band. I mean, I think the last one had 300 students yep, in it. We were over but, 300. Um, I know you had the opportunity to work with that, that group last time. And, um, you know, it's not an inexpensive trip, but it's an amazing trip. Yes, and, it is incredibly oh powerful. Goodness. So if, if you feel like you have some students who might have the means to do that and who would be interested, um, I've done the Rose Bowl with Pomona High School and with Carmel High School. And I, I have to tell you, the, the whole experience is is, <laughs> is pretty awesome. Um, the 5.5 miles is a little long, but um, you don't you know, even notice it. <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. don't notice it. It's there's there's like 20 people deep. The whole time. Right. And millions of people are there on the street in an outburger at the end. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, But Richard Saucedo is directing it. um, And you you guys all know he's my band director in high school and a good friend of mine. And David Starnes is program coordinating. Uh, And the the list of staff is, is on online, but it's just an awesome group of people. And I'm happy to be a part of it. Please email me, Jeff at dynamicmarching.com if you if you think about some students who maybe I could reach out to and tell them more about it. Yeah, it's gonna be a really cool trip. It is it is I've had so many students go on that trip and come back saying, I wanna be a music educator or I wanna be a musician, and I would have never thought they that was on their radar. It's that powerful. So if you do have someone who's at all interested and working with that the staff that they have with this <laughs> It's, it's stupid good. You know, they'll, they, they, you just won't find anything better than that. And I, I'm going through the list right now like, oh, my gosh, this is – I want to go on this trip. It's incredible. So February 14th is the first um, – I think there's like a early deadline coming mm-hmm. up in, you know, just a few months. So check it out. 
So Jeff wants us to talk about Midwest prep and to add to my anxiety to this, he's built when a counter. When we were starting this phone call a little bit ago, I went on the countdown.com and I put in the date that uh, Wando <laughs> High School is performing. So it turns out it's 42 days, 11 hours and some change. So sorry. And I you. feel great. Um, no, you know what? Honestly, I've, I have been surprised at myself at how ready I am for it. Uh, I don't say that lightly. We've been fortunate at Wando over the past six years. We played at a thing called USC BandFest for our Southern friends who maybe know about JanFest at the University of Georgia. A lot of colleges will have honor bands uh, where people can audition to come and play, but they also have two to three uh, premier ensembles that will do a concert there. And you know, to know that you're going to go play for about a thousand high school students who don't know you necessarily is, is a great, it's a great thing. It's a great thing for the kids in the band. So we started with that about four years ago. Our second band played at the state convention, uh, five years ago. Then, uh, last year, our top band played at our state convention and we brought in several people to help us get ready for that. And, uh, Jim Keen was one of those people. And if you've ever had Jim Keen in your band room, you know that he has, his ears are unparalleled, just incredible. And uh, having him come in and work with us made me feel so prepared that, you know, I really wasn't nervous at the performance. I was shocked. I'd never felt that before. And then he's been with us as we prepared for this. We just had Kevin Setatal in yesterday. We've had the composer Aaron Perrine in to work with us. Omar Thomas is coming in in a few days. Uh, Scott Weiss from the University of South Carolina has been in with us twice. Like the... The best thing I can say about those kinds of performances is the lead up to them. But it doesn't have to be Midwest that you're preparing for. Whatever your concert, maybe it's just a home concert, just bring in the local college director just to listen to what's going on. You'll be amazed at some of the things that you're doing well and some of the things that you aren't quite catching. Uh, for me, I can tell you that one of the challenges of this has been to balance all of the music. When you're doing a home concert, you're thinking about 20 minutes of music at most. Uh, for each of the bands with this one, you're thinking 42 solid minutes of music. Uh, that's been a challenge for us, for me and for the kids to balance that much music in our minds. Now, Bobby, we, have, you, have you performed any of those for your parents? Like, ab- have yeah, you had abs- a fall concert yet? With yeah, those? absolutely. Scott Rush had a great system in place where he did. We did an early uh, October concert of the grade three and below concert literature. So we did five of our 10 pieces uh, on that concert, and, and it was it was eye opening. You would think, oh well, they can anybody can play the grade two stuff or the grade one stuff with that kind of high school band, and there is some truth to that. I'm not going to lie. However, really making great music come out of it is a different challenge on its own, and you get so caught up in the maybe more challenging literature. I'll give you a great example. We have a grade one piece that we're playing uh, by Molly Budiansky, who is a relatively new composer on the scene, really great work. And um, we got it up to do at the concert and my percussionist raised their hand. We, we were, you know, at the warm up, just getting ready. And they said, Hey, are you going to play um, to be a wolf tonight? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's number three on the list. Why do you ask? They're like, we've never played that with you. Whoops. <laughs> 
Uh oh, because our percussion yeah. are in a separate class, and we just and they're probably working on the harder stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're yeah. working on Come Sunday, yeah. uh, you know. So we're like, okay, everybody, pull that up real fast. <laughs> Let's read through <laughs> it, and we read through it there, and then we read through it the second time on the perform. But I was glad that we still got to do that because it it put things into perspective, and it showed you know I don't care how much you plan, there's going to be something in that much literature that you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot, and I'd rather find that out three months in advance <laughs> than the night before. Uh, so finding the balance, trying to balance all that music has been really a challenge, but having people come in to help, I will never, ever, ever again do a concert cycle without someone just coming in to provide feedback. My, I'm, I'm blessed to have two great colleagues at Wando and they'll come in and sit on rehearsal sometimes. And even that is well worth, uh, the, their time and, and our time too. Um, Taking care of myself. I remember, um, oh, sorry, um, when the Carmel uh, Wind Symphony 1 went to the National Concert Band Festival, Kevin Sedatal was our clinician after the performance, and his energy and his knowledge and his ears, I was just like, whoa, this guy's awesome. Oh, I I, I was, I literally was looking at, um, uh, we're doing Come Sunday, it's a new piece by Omar Thomas that a few colleges have played. And, and I've really, and he, luckily he has played it before as well with Michigan state. And I was like, man, I've really studied the score. I really know what's going on. And he came in and and it was just as if I'd never looked at it, the way he was conducting it. And, you know, of course he's, I think he's one of the, the best college directors out there right now. And he, he just came in and just was able to communicate with the kids in a way I never could. And I was so glad to be able to to get that for them. But then we also did English dances set one, which I don't think he's done in years Yet he was able to approach it in the exact same way and bring out things that I hadn't caught or, and he was able to show it. It's, I got more out of that, those three hours with him than I think I would have a master's class. Um, certainly any professional development that I've had <laughs> at any other That's schools. so cool. So it reminds you, me of uh, our conversation uh, with Greg Bim where, you know, you asked him like, well, if you had one piece of advice for, you know, band directors out there, he would say, you know, wear out the seat of your pants studying the score. Yes. And the the only way that you can figure out whether you've done that or not is bring someone in better than you. Yeah. Because they'll show you. I'd rather find out in a rehearsal than in the concert that I could have done more. Uh, I've, I've oftentimes returned to a recording three, four, five years later to only to be a little bothered by it. And so now I would rather be on the front end of that. And I think that goes into my third point here of taking care of myself musically. And what I mean is it, I can't just be a technician. I have to really remember the musical motive behind the pieces that are there and and make sure that I'm not strangling the music by enhancing just the technique. I think that's, that's kind really of like hard. general effect, but well, yeah, as it applies to concert band. That's exactly right. And, and one of the things that Kevin said that hit me hard, cause I, I like to think that I can conduct relatively well, but he came up and he, he stopped me and he was like, you're, you're working too hard. You're giving them way too much information when they don't need it. Let them, pre-. and you know, they tried it and they fell apart. He was like, it's okay. Let them try again. And I let them try two or three more times. And by the end of it, I found myself doing a lot less and the music being a lot better. So that's so cool. Yeah. Taking care of yourself musically. Don't, don't get so 
um, lost in trying to get every G concert in tune with the baritones that you forget what kind of statement the composer was trying to make. And the last one of these, I would say, is making sure you're taking care of the kids emotionally. You know, you said earlier about not using the kids as a tool. I think not turning the kids into your conducting a recording of Texas, uh, University of Texas. You know, all of us kind of grew up as we were in college, and you heard great recordings from Michigan State, from UT Austin, from from all these great schools, and, and you, you kind of listened to it in your car, and you pretended, okay, when I'm a high school band director, we're going to play this. We're going to play Meslanka 4, and it's going to sound just like this. Well, that's ridiculous. Um, you don't have doctoral students, doctoral performance students in your ensemble. Now, you have can... You, just. Have you asked your students, like, do they really understand the whole Midwest, you know, what it's, you know, what it means to perform at Midwest? Do they, do they, I I know there's a a lot of pressure on you as a director, but like for them, is it like, oh, we get to travel to Chicago? Oh yeah. At first, if you'd said, what are you most excited about in playing at Midwest? They would say the bean. We get to go see the bean. That's the cloud gate sculpture that's in Millennial Park, the big silver jelly bean. Um, that was all that they equated it with. But in bringing these people in who are like, you, do you understand what you had to do to get here? Do you understand who will be there? And we're not saying that to scare you. We're saying that to honor you, that we are seeing you as, as this kind of ensemble that we want to share with the world. When it's an international clinic, we want to share you with the world as to what this can be. And they now do understand, like, I don't feel any single kid in there is like, gosh, why are we doing this? Why are we working so hard? When they came in at nine o'clock on their day off uh, on Tuesday, they were just as happy as they could be, or they were faking beautifully. And I honestly don't care which one it is. Uh, yeah, I, we, we have to do that. And I've tried to remember really- when, when Connor was in eighth grade, his, um, his, his band at, at Clay Middle School um, they performed at the National Concert Band Festival for the middle schools. I remember and, that. You know, what I remember the most about that is that group, they, they met kind of outside of school every Tuesday night, and they became such close friends mm-hmm. uh, because of those extra rehearsals that I think more than anything, it was it was that they all had this common goal. They really didn't understand what the National Concert Band Festival was, but they understood there was some some bigger goal and they were doing extra things together right. to reach that goal. I would, you know, I talked with uh, Dan Morrison at Reagan last year and he told me this and now I've seen it with my own eyes. He said, our program, because I've done this with a, a, an eye toward the kids being the most important part of it, uh, our program, even our marching band is, comp- is absolutely stronger because of what we did going through this Midwest process. And I can see that easily. Our top band, I only have about, I think I have 10 seniors in there. Uh, So it it could be one that sounded young and it doesn't at all. Uh, And our marching band, we pulled the symphonic band out several times throughout the season to work on different things with Midwest. And so our second band is stronger than ever. I think it's one of those things where you never know what your kids are capable of until you kind of, change the paradigm and and test them, uh, but test them in a way that they can succeed. I think when you make it about how successful can you be as opposed to success or failure, it's great. The best thing I can say to the kids when they try something is you can't miss. 
Like there is no lose for you in this. It is either great or amazing. Those are really your only two options. They shoot for that. So as we said with marching band, no one event, not nationals, not state, can define or undefine a program. And I'm working hard to remember that with the students, that they're going to do their dead level best. Like Mike Pote said, everybody wants to be there. They want to do a good job. I just have to define the parameters so that they can do a great job and prepare them for all the potentials. What are any of the things that are going to keep you from doing that? Fatigue, uh, lack of focus, any of those things. And if we work to get those taken out, the kids want that. They want to be great. Today, I reinforced the, the ownership quotient Kevin Sedtal gave with us yesterday. He got up with them and, and was very serious. They've heard a lot of, you're great and everything's wonderful and you're doing a great job. They've heard that a lot, but he got very serious with them, and I, I'm so glad he did. He got up and said, if this concert is a success, you have to be a major part of that success. It can't just be your band director. You have to get together with people who you're doing a duet with. You have to play the solos over and over. You have to make it so that you can't miss. And I thought, isn't that exactly what we tell them in marching band right now? Do it so many times that you can't mess up. So um, I think you have to do, we do it very well in marching band, but not always in concert band. And let the students know how important it is to them that this music come off really well. Well, the last thing that I was going to say on this that has been really important, and I am blessed with great parents at Wando. I mean, just <laughs> incredibly supportive. Everywhere I've been, we've had, you know, between Marion and Wando, I've had some dear, dear friends who started out as bamboosters. And at Wando, I'm especially blessed because they have to put up a lot, <laughs> with a lot, with me. Uh, but they, one of the things that I found with this, and I would say this to anybody doing any kind of concert stuff, I bet that there are some communities out there where the parents would much rather be at a marching band show with the competition than sitting and listening to Persichetti. I think that that's on us as directors to help change the paradigm and to find out what is this music about? Why was this written? How does this work? And you can talk about program notes, but one of the things I try to do with each of our concerts is try, try to find an angle that our particular community or families would, would find. With our Midwest performance, it wasn't necessarily just about the literature we were playing, but it was they had to learn why we're going. Why is it important that we're doing a trip that costs even more money, that's going to take them out of school for four days, and they're going to miss some of the finals that they have? Like, why are we doing this? They only had marching band in their minds, and so this was a different thing. I actually had... Jim Keen come in and talk with them about it. We watched a video about the Midwest. And the more I talked with them about that, it took a little while, but the more I talked with them about it, the more supportive they have become. So if they learn the why you're doing these concert performances, then the how you do it becomes more natural. Like for, you know, it costs more money. Oh, but we're going to Hamilton. So, okay. Like I, they start to get that this is a cultural experience. This is not just a competitive experience, or it's not at all a competitive experience. It's it's more of a culture. It's to build our band culture even more. When I look back at Wando in 2007, if any, I mean, you don't have to be a Wando, uh, you know, aficionado to understand this. They had won their first state competition in 2005. Things were going in a very good direction, and in 2007 they went to Midwest. 
And if you look from 2007 on at some of the accomplishments of the program, I can draw a straight line back to that Midwest performance. Um, it's incredible what it's not even necessarily that it was Midwest. It was more, this is what we feel is a culminating experience. That can be going to the National Concert Festival. It can be getting a superior at your local concert festival. You get to define it. Jeff and I have done Total Program Success, where we talk about you define what success is. For us, we're saying that having a great experience at Midwest is is a defining moment, and we want everything we can to go into making that go. So that's where we are right now. In three more weeks, when I'm in the mental 42 institution. 42 days, 11 uh, hours. Uh, when I'm in the mental institution, we can do our podcast from there, and I can say, look, I was kidding about all that. It's about getting B-flat in tune. It's about playing F around the room. Just, just get everything in tune. <laughs> I can't wait. Maybe we should do a podcast episode like from the room. Oh, no, you'll be busy. No. Yeah, you can do one. Okay. I'll come by I'll and do say one. hi. I'll, I'll talk about my goosebumps and all that. <laughs> so uh, this was kind of a long one. Sorry, everybody, but there's a lot to talk about today. And uh, before we wrap up, um, just as usual, we just ask you to listen to our new episodes and subscribe on your favorite podcasting host. Uh, follow us on our various uh, social media accounts and share your wins and losses so together we can be better music educators. Uh, we'd love to hear what you want uh, for podcast episodes coming up here in the winter. And actually, we already have one. We've already been asked to do a chamber music and, and putting chamber music into your program. So we'll be working on that coming up in the future. And I know we're going to talk about some winter drumline and winter guard and winter wind. We're going to talk about all that stuff that happens in the, in the uh, interim here and jazz band and pep band and all that kind of stuff. We really want to talk about all aspects of that band life. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Any particular homework this week? I think just really making a commitment to taking care of yourself and your family. Do something for your family this week. If you're still in marching season, if you're not, do something for your family this week to apologize. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And until next time, I'm Jeff Young. And I'm Bobby Lambert. And this is That Band Life.